0: Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Great to have you with us, and thanks for joining us. We begin today with a country in the throes of absurdity. And for the most part, we can blame the domestic Marxist Dems and foreign enemies. And it's the Chinese communists, by the way, who account for most of those foreign enemies. For example, this report on what should be limited to the real estate section of the local paper in Morriston, Florida. It's all about the purchase of 1,400 acres of farmland. But no, because it turns out the buyer wanted the land to breed monkeys and build a quarantine facility, whatever that might mean. You might think, monkeys? Quarantine? Oh my gosh, could it be some kind of weird biological research facility? Well, it turns out just like that because that's what the new owner wants to do. But the zoning laws right now prohibit that. So the Gateway Pundit reports they're asking for a rezoning. And guess who the new owner is? A couple of hints for you. Think pandemic, think origin. You got it, Communist China. The new owner is a Chinese biotech company that's tied into the Communist Party and to China's military, the People's Liberation Army. The Chinese are setting up shop here for their biotech efforts. Insourcing, if you will. Can't wait to see if the Biden White House lets this one go through. It's even money what happens. Another absurdity playing out in our courts, pitting our corrupt DOJ and FBI against former President Donald J. Trump. Who else would they go after? He's been their target for harassment and hounding and political persecution for the past six years. The DOJ and FBI, the bad guys for all that time, doing lots of bad things, breaking the law, and they want to keep that up. And the judiciary sides with them because many of the judges are just as politically corrupt as the FBI and DOJ. To help sort all of this out is Mike Davis. Mike is the former chief counsel for nominations to the Senate Judiciary Committee and Chairman Chuck Grassley. Mike is now the founder and president of the Article 3 Project, which defends constitutionalist judges and the rule of law. It also leads the Internet Accountability Project. It's an advocacy organization fighting to rein in big tech, cancel culture, and the woke mob. Mike, it's great to have you with us here on The Great America Show. The DOJ and FBI are, in my opinion, not only reckless, but abusing their power, and they need to be held to account. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so I think we need to step back, Lou, and look at the law here. And it is very clear that the President of the United States has the absolute constitutional power as Commander-in-Chief to declassify anything he wants for any reason he wants. He doesn't have to label it. He doesn't have to get any bureaucrats permission who works for him, he can just do it. He can do it through his actions. He can literally wave a magic wand. And that is uh, very clear from a 1988 Supreme Court case Department of the Navy versus Egan. In this instance, President Trump declassified all of these materials, both through his words and through his actions. He had a January 19th, 2021 declassification memo the day before he left office, declassifying all the Russian collusion records, crossfire hurricane records, Those records are very damaging, very damning, really, for Obama, Biden, Hillary, Susan Rice, Brennan, uh, Clapper, the FBI, the intel community, because they show that the Russian collusion investigation was a hoax to go after president, uh, then candidate Donald Trump in 2016, and then to continue to go after him while while he was a president. So this is what it's all about. So the president has the constitutional power to declassify. He has the statutory power under the Presidential Records Act to keep and maintain presidential records at his office of the former president in Mar-a-Lago. So Congress gives former presidents federally funded staff with security clearances. They, uh, Congress gives uh, former presidents secure office space or skiffs to look at uh, these classified materials. He also gets Secret Service protection. These are, this Mar-a-Lago was guarded by the Secret Service. These are papers. This is not like Hillary Clinton's home server, illegal home server, when she was Secretary of State, with our nation's most classified secrets that were hacked by our enemies. And then she destroyed the server and destroyed the phones in, light, in, in, in face of the investigation. It's Hillary who committed espionage. It's Hillary who violated these statutes related to government property, theft misuse of government property. It's Hillary who obstructed justice. There is no way as a matter of law that President Trump could have done any of these things because he was the president And he had this power under the Constitution and the Presidential Records Act. So it's legally impossible uh, for President Trump to have obstructed investigations into these non-crimes. If if it's legally impossible for Trump to have committed a crime, it's not legally possible for the federal government to open a grand jury investigation to investigate these crimes. And that's confirmed by the Office of Legal Counsel, OLC, the General Counsel for the Executive Branch, when Bill Barr, as the Attorney General of the United States, got an opinion related to potential obstruction charges as part of the Mueller probe, and they came to the conclusion that we are discussing, which is it is nearly legally impossible to inve- to obstruct investigations into non-crimes. There are like just a handful of, of examples in our nation's history where you can obstruct uh, investigations into non- non-crimes. And they're not applicable to any of the facts before us right now.
0: Yeah, I think that to the, to that point uh, first, I, it's it's a remarkable thing that uh, you know. I guess one of the one of my favorite uh, metaphors for this about obstruction and the underlying crime uh, is the uh, you know, a, a cowboy lynching. Ah, uh, they figured out he hadn't stolen the horse, uh, and therefore they decided to, uh, uh, you know, go ahead with the hanging anyway. And he managed to escape. Uh, they got him on escaping from a crime that he didn't do. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, uh, this is absurdity by our by our law, and so many lawyers in Washington D.C. that there would even be a question. That a president is obstructing justice when there was no crime with which he's charged to obstruct. Yeah, that's and what's, that's the layman's view.
1: Yeah, and that's that is exactly right here. Uh, so what has happened here is this: this this theory behind this investigation is that the library called police for overdue library books. The books are not overdue. And the books don't even belong to the library. This is absurd what they're doing with President Trump here, and it is part of a pattern by the Biden Justice Department and by the FBI and the Intel community to take him out politically because he is such a threat to them, because he, he's not part of the Uniparty. They don't own him like they own every other politician in Washington, Democrat and Republican. He he doesn't need anything from them. He's a billionaire. He has a better house, he has a better plane, he has a better helicopter, he has better cars. Get a better life being a president was actually a, a step down for, for Donald Trump, uh, and it, it, we should be very happy as a country that someone with his background, with his business experience, with his common sense was willing to make these tremendous sacrifices to become the president. And The, the people in Washington, the uniparty, have never accepted him as president. They tried to use Russian collusion to block him from being president. They, they spied on him when he was a presidential candidate, they spied on him. When he was the president of the united states and they impeached him twice so you know the same people screaming about democracy are using the the justice department the fbi the intel communities they're weaponizing them and politicizing them against donald trump because they don't like what the american people have done by electing president trump
0: and what they've done is put forward a a man into the oval office who is not part of the establishment who is not in any way interested in the corruption that makes the swamp such an exciting place for those creatures that inhabit it. Uh, And the fact of the matter is, he was also balancing the global uh, payment system as well as trade system uh, doing so that created a lot of anxiety on the part of our allies as well as within the military industrial complex of this country. Uh, also, as he was pulling troops back, he was upsetting a very lucrative apple cart in the in the public square, uh, doing it out in front of God and everybody. And that has to be much of the motivation here for what has been a six-year political persecution of Donald J. Trump. Do you agree or, or not?
1: I agree. I think the, the Uniparty and the business interests that uh, support the Uniparty hated Trump because he wasn't. He, he, he wasn't part of the D.C. swamp. You know, it's I, I would just say, look at this and look at the investigation that we're running here. Let's look at president. Look, presidents of the United States, they're not above the law. They're not below the law. But when it comes to classification, they are the law. Right. So it is legally impossible to charge a president of the United States with espionage for how he handles classified materials. And look at what let's just give you an example with presidents. Bill Clinton. President Bill Clinton had eight years of audio tape recordings of his presidency with a historian. These are clearly presidential records as contemplated by the Presidential uh, Records Act of 1978. So Tom Fenton at Judicial Watch found out about these tapes and they were in Bill Clinton's sock drawer. He left the White House with these tapes in his sock drawer. These include highly classified conversations with the president of the United States, Bill Clinton left the White House with these and put them in his sock drawer. So Tom Fenton sues uh, in 2012, an Obama judge rules that under the Presidential Records Act, Bill Clinton was perfectly within his legal rights to take these tapes and put them in his sock drawer, right? And so what's the difference? President Trump took records, he declassified them and took them to Mar-a-Lago. At Mar-a-Lago, they're in a secure facility guarded by Secret Service with staff with security clearances. Why does... Why does Bill Clinton get to take audio tapes and put in a sock drawer and nothing happens? He gets blessed by a judge. But if Trump takes records and takes him to the office of former president of Mar-a-Lago, he gets a home rate. He has a, a brigade of 30 FBI agents going to his house, going through Melania's closet. They can go after a billionaire for former president. Just imagine what they can do to the rest of us.
0: Let's look at this thing uh, as well from... The process that was underway between the former president, Donald Trump, and the National Archives had been successful. Uh, it may not have been going exactly the way the National Archives wanted it to go, but that it was an ongoing negotiation and, a, and and a cooperation. They turned over 15 boxes that were requested, made changes to the vault, and we end up with an archivist effectively claiming that she was given the power to inform the Justice Department that they must seize those records at Mar-a-Lago because the President of the United States had so authorized her. Uh, That seems preposterous on its face, yet that is exactly the story emanating from the National Archives.
1: Yeah, Lou, it is preposterous and I'll tell you why. Uh, The the Presidential Records Act was passed in 1978 after the Nixon scandals to apply to presidents from 1980 going forward, whoever won the 1980 race going forward. Before this time, presidential records were personal property of the president. And if you look at the Presidential Records Act, what it does is it says, okay, there's going to be good faith negotiations between the president and the former president, along with the National Archives to figure out, what are personal records that belong to the President versus what are presidential records that get sent to the National Archives? The librarians cato- c- categorize it that it almost certainly gets sent back to the office of former president to go in, go into his library, right? There is no deadline for the former president to turn over these records, and there's no criminal enforcement component. What this deranged archivist did, Trump deranged archivist did is they bootstrapped, These government record statutes that have nothing to do with the Presidential Records Act, the Presidential Records Act directly controls uh, the the president, the former president. They bootstrapped on these other statutes that don't apply, and they try to turn this into a criminal investigation, and they opened up a grand jury. And this is all pretextual, and it's all pretextual, number one, because they want to get Trump, and that's part of their pattern in the D.C. swamp for the last six years to get Trump. And number two, the real reason they went after these records is because, again, President Trump declassified and took a personal copy to Mar-a-Lago his uh, his crossfire hurricane Russian collusion records. And those are so damaging to Clinton, Obama, Hillary, Clapper, Brennan, Susan Rice, the FBI, the intel community. That's why they, they did this raid. Everything else is a charade. And they went down, Attorney General... Merrick Garland thought that these records were so, da- so potentially dangerous in Trump's hands that he waited 18 months to go get them. They, they, so once Garland, uh, and then Garland said he deliberate, so the Biden administration waited 18 months to go get these records. Then Biden said that he deliberated, he leaked out to Newsweek that he deliberated for weeks before he made the decision to authorize this home raid, during these weeks he was supposedly deliberating, he could have walked down the hallway to the Office of Legal Counsel at the Justice Department to get a legal opinion from OLC on whether this home raid was legal. And they almost certainly would have told him that it's not a legal home raid because of what we discussed, uh, that, that it's, uh, the president has the constitutional power to declassify anything he wants and he has the statutory power under the Presidential Records Act to keep records in the office of former president. And so therefore he could not have obstructed these investigations. He would have heard that, but during this time that he delivered it for weeks, they managed to judge shop for this magistrate judge, Bruce Reinhardt in Florida, who had six weeks prior had recused from president Trump's civil lawsuit against Hillary Clinton related to guess what? Russian collusion. And so he recused this magistrate judge recused because of his 2017 Facebook post where he was bashing President Trump personally, somehow this magistrate judge's clear judicial bias under 28 UFC 455A and Canon 2 and Canon two, 2A of the judicial canons magically disappeared, and he authorized this unprecedented, unnecessary, and unlawful home raid of for a former president. President Trump and his lawyers were cooperating with the National Archives. There is a natural give and take between former presidents and the archives. Former presidents think that everything they have is a personal record, including President Trump probably thinking his love notes with the North Korean dictator were personal records. The archivist think that everything that the president does, is everything the president touches is a presidential record. So if the president sneezes into a Kleenex, the archivist at the National Archives will think that that's a presidential record. There is a natural Give and take between the former president and the archives. The, the Clintons left the White House with $190,000. They stole $190,000 worth of furniture and rugs and flatware. There was no home raid. Again, Hillary Clinton, who was never president, will never will be president, had her illegal home server that was hacked by foreign governments that she destroyed. No home raid. Bill Clinton had his eight, year, eight years of his presidency audio tapes with highly classified conversations in his sock drawer no home raid. This is unprecedented what the National Archives did here, working with the Biden Justice Department. And you've looked at, let's look at this investigation. It's been constant leaks and lies out of, the, out of the Justice Department. They did this home raid to get back these damning crossfire hurricane records, and then they didn't expect the political blowback, right? So then Attorney General Merrick Garland leaked out to Newsweek that he did not personally authorize this home rate. That was a lie. He clearly authorized this home rate. He admitted it. Then they tried to justify this home rate politically by saying that Trump had nuclear documents at Mar-a-Lago. Complete bogus lie. There weren't Q classifications on the home rate inventory that they put out, the affidavit that they put out, anything that they put out. There's nothing that indicates Q-level classifications. That was a lie. They lied that that President Biden and his White House were not involved with this raid. That's clearly a lie. President Biden had to waive President Trump's claim of executive privilege. President Biden did that through his deputy White House counsel to the president, Jonathan Sue, and that paved the way for this home raid. It's been constant lies and leaks. They've even leaked to Newsweek illegally from the grand jury. And so I think that's why if you look at this order from Judge Cannon, she stepped into a point of special master and she cited when she did this, the swirling allegations of bias and media leaks. That goes to the, the bias magistrate judge, uh, Bruce Reinhardt and the media leaks that are coming out of the Biden Justice Department, even after they're saying that this affidavit is so damning, this affidavit that, that bias magistrate judge Bruce Reinhardt s- signed off on was so damning that the public can't see it, yet they're selectively leaking from this affidavit and from the grand jury illegally to try to build their case in the court of public public opinion because they know they do not have a legal case.
0: As you describe it, the Biden administration looks to be desperate. Uh, there, there appears to be every, every possibility that they have reason to be desperate. One is, you mentioned the Bruce Reinhardt recusal from the Trump, President Trump lawsuit against Clinton at the government uh, and uh, various named officials, uh, which is really moving ahead. I think that surprised also the Biden administration. Uh, secondly, we know that for, a, again, for a fact, uh, the, 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 the Justice Department now has been caught, uh, the FBI has been caught. We know that they have committed to me what are straightforward crimes, I can't cite you uh, US code, but if there isn't a law against sitting on a tax evasion uh, case for four years as the US attorney in Delaware has done with Hunter Biden, if there isn't a case that can't be brought against an attorney general by the name of Bill Barr, who just simply uh, decided that he would intervene in an election. He, by the way, described his decision to intervene as non-intervention when he brought down a hammer on the national uh, corporate media on the story of that laptop that was, according to the intelligence agencies, pure disinformation. We now know it was pure pure bull on the part of those 51 so-called veterans of intelligence. Uh, they were absolutely criminal in their cover-up Uh, for uh, a felonious uh, crime family by the name of Biden. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I've been so disappointed in a former Attorney General Bill Barr. I actually, when I was Senator Chuck Grassley, then Chairman Chuck Grassley's chief counsel for nominations on the Senate Judiciary Committee, we ran uh, Bill Barr's confirmation hearing. uh, And I thought he would be good. I thought he would go in there and actually clean up the Justice Department. And he has been so disappointing. Remember, he sat by for six months from June of 2020 through December of 2020 and let BLM and Antifa destroy American cities. They killed dozens of people. They caused billions of dollars in damage. They destroyed American cities. They attacked the police. He didn't do a damn thing about it, or he did very little about it. He he was just such a weak and ineffective attorney general. He would go out there and Said the right things to the media and sounds tough, but at the end of the day, he was just a paper tiger. He didn't do a damn thing, and he he let he didn't do anything to reform that deep state. The deep state ran him, and he's uh, it's, it's just such a huge disappointment. And for him to come out here and make these legal pronouncements that pronouncements that what Trump did was so illegal and unprecedented is so it it is so incorrect, actually, and as a matter of law. And it's so disappointing. It's very clear that Bill Barr is just bitter and he's trying to peddle his new book.
0: I, I think certainly both of those are likely uh, motivations, but I think that there is a third. And, and it seems to me to be the, the, more, uh, the one most supported by what I think is the evidence. And that is a, a man who decided as attorney general As you pointed out, the chief law enforcement officer in the land doesn't do a damn thing about uh, Antifa, uh, Black Lives Matter, their destruction uh, uh, almost wholesale in a number of cities across the country. But he also said famously uh, that the uh, Justice Department uh, was in fact spying on Donald Trump. Remember he said that? Uh, They didn't want him to use that word in the hearing, but he said. They are spying. He did nothing to, to bring the Department of Justice or the FBI to heel forth. There was no accountability. Uh, he also said uh, in uh, October that he knew uh, that uh, president vice, the former vice president, uh, Joe Biden, was lying in the second and final debate of the presidential debates in 2020, but decided not to intervene. Uh, because that would have had some influence on the outcome of the election, as if the lies that he permitted to be told didn't. While he was simultaneously sending out FBI agents to uh, corporate media, big tech, social media, telling them not to touch the Biden laptop story because it could well be Russian disinformation, which he knew perfectly well it was not.
1: Yeah, I mean. It's it's very the unit party always sticks together in D.C. Bill Barr, I think Bill Barr, uh, I mean, he, he was just so disappointing in so many ways that he uh, he 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 talked a big game. He talked tough. And at the end of the day, he is you know, he was a he, he was someone who did not want to upset the apple cart when it comes to the D.C. Swamp, the unit party. And uh, he was unwilling to do the things that needed to be done to stop the frauds within the Justice Department on Russian collusion and on so many other matters that were so important to our national security. He was a failed attorney general. It was his second, second time as attorney general and it was a failure for him.
0: Let me ask you this, as, as we're looking at this, six years of political persecution, and you mentioned going back to July of 2016, President Trump, then a candidate, the, the effort to frame his soon to be national security advisor General Michael Flynn uh, that begins in earnest uh, we then see through crossfire hurricane the Russian hoax expand we know the origins the Clinton campaign the De- Democrat National Committee with a skype in a sky in the in the law offices of Perkins Coy. no one makes a big deal of it I haven't heard another single law firm say, "Hey, we have one too," whether Republican or Democrat. I know of no Republican law firms, by the way. They all seem now to be big law seems to be entirely left-wing. Uh what are what are we to think? There is no apparent mechanism within our constitution or the law or our culture that says, you know, we obviously have a man in the White House right now who has who is the leader of a crime family, uh, who who is in the White House illegitimately uh, and through the purposeful lies of what was an obvious cover up by the Justice Department, the FBI and the Marxist Dems who lead the Democratic Party. We have no way to stop this ongoing cover up and this corrupt presidency.
1: Well, actually, Lou, I do think there's a way, and this is where conservatives, Republicans, right-leaning independents need to, we need to come together this November and we have to elect a Republican House and a Republican Senate. So even if some of these candidates were not our picks during the primary, it is critical that we come together and win back the House and the Senate because we have to have a critical check on the Biden administration. If you put... My former boss, Chuck Grassley, back as the Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman, he will get to the bottom of this. He's the one who exposed the Russian collusion hoax the first time, right? And if you make him the Senate, he is the best oversight person we've ever had in congressional history. And he has the best congressional oversight team uh, on Capitol Hill. You put Republicans in charge of the Senate, my former boss, Chuck Grassley, becomes the Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman again, and he will absolutely... Gets to the bottom of this. There are there are many political graves uh, over the last four decades because of Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley has long been suspicious of the FBI. He knows that the FBI leadership has been corrupted for decades and uh, you, you'll see you'll see Chuck Grassley doing aggressive oversight and making sure that there are serious meaningful reforms of the FBI so this never happens again.
0: I I have a high regard, as you do, obviously, of of Senator Chuck Grassley, But I also have a a fairly clear memory as to what happened uh, when the Republican Party held uh, both houses, the Senate and the House, knew exactly what was happening with Crossfire Hurricane. We had Devin Nunes as the chair of the House Intel Committee pursuing that truth. He was stymied by Paul... Uh, uh I, I, I have hard, Paul Ryan, I have a hard time even saying his name. Uh, he, he is an absolute traitor to the country. Uh, and he stopped all of those subpoenas. And we have Mitch McConnell now as the majority, uh, the minority leader in, in the Senate. What makes, first of all, what makes you think that the leadership will not be any less craven uh, than then? And what makes you think that this will be a fair election? Because 2020 obviously was not.
1: Well, I mean, I get your point. And I, I will say this in the Senate anyway. The leadership doesn't run the committees. The committee chairman run the committees. Chuck Grassley doesn't report to anyone. So if he is the committee chairman, he's going to run his committee however he wants. And he's not going to give a damn what the committee, what the, the Senate leadership tells him to do. That's been his style. He's been independent for, you know, the last four decades. And that's not going to change it. He, he was independent when he was the Senate Judiciary Committee chairman before. That's how he was able to blow open the Russian collusion hoax. And that's how he was able to confirm a record number of President Trump's uh, judicial nominees. It's also how he was able to get has other key legislation done over leadership's objection.
0: And as to my other concerns?
1: Well, I would say this about elections. Uh, these these states need to get serious about voter integrity. I've done volunteer legal, uh, I've been a volunteer lawyer for the Republican Party for five election cycles when they had all mail ballots. And the key for this is we need to make it where you don't just mass mail ballots out to voter lists. If you, if you can't vote on election day for some reason, you should have to at least request a ballot. So you have to, you have to request the ballot, it's not just a live ba- ballot mailed out to old voter lists where people have died, college students have moved, And the one way you stop fraud, the the key way to stop voter fraud with these mail ballots is you have to have signature verification and you have to have election observers. And the Democrats used COVID to mass mail ballots out to the entire country with all these old voter lists. They had all these live ballots out there. They got rid of signature verification. They turned down the machine. So signature verification was meaningless. And then they said that Republican election observers couldn't be there because of the COVID, which is just complete nonsense. That's how they stole the election was through through that path. What needs to happen this time is Republicans not need to stop being stupid. We need to invest in the legal effort. We need to get injunctions weeks ahead of time so we can make sure in these key states that this never happens again, that they cannot make it where signature verification is meaningless and they cannot throw out our election observers.
0: Well, I'm. I'll, I will say this, uh, I, I think going into this election, we're what, uh, about uh, just under uh, two months away. Uh, it's too late to do much now. Uh, very few states have reformed their, their mail-in uh, ballots uh, and processes and signature verification and voter ID. Voter ID would solve a lot of problems, but we just keep pushing this thing down at the Republican Party. Uh, it, is, it seems like an eager victim uh, to the to the Marxist Dems, uh, and, and I really find that astonishing. Uh, Ronald McDaniel, a terrific person, but she is a lousy RNC chair, and she lost an election because she was not diligent. She did not have lawyers. I mean, for crying out loud, she didn't have them in the places that we knew where they would be the most uh, needed. That is, battleground states and, of course, Philadelphia, for example. We know things are going to be upside down there. But it didn't matter. And we didn't have observers. We didn't have poll watchers. We had poll watchers who were told they couldn't go in, and so they didn't. And that was the end of the story. Uh, it, it, was, it wasn't a fair fight, either, either uh, in terms of uh, intellectual quotient or uh, physical uh, assertion.
1: So I would say that I agree with you, Lou, that the Republican Party needs to invest in the legal effort. The Democrats are so much better at this than we are. They are. Uh, they, they, ha- they understand, the Democrats understand that it's election month, not election day. Republicans think that we're gonna show up on election day with our election observers and stop fraud and irregularities. The election is already stolen by election day. We need to have lawyers injunction, observers in place for six eight weeks before the election otherwise you're not going to stop this
0: so where are they do you think any of them are going to be there do you think there's going to be and the reason i'm asking this is for the obvious reason mike you talked about we've got to go out and vote that is the only solution that we've got to what is rampant obvious and in our face corruption on the part of this president he should be in a jail cell not in the Oval Office. And you and I both know that. So does most of the country. But we have to hope that we can get by the Republican Party uh, and actually get luck out and the left won't steal another election. That seems to me to be a poor strategic posture.
1: No, I understand Lou, but we are gonna lose our, if we lose this midterm election, Biden's going to transform the entire federal judiciary if they keep the Senate. They're going to keep doing their Marxist agenda. We're not going to have a country left. We have to get out and vote this election. And if we come out with this red wave, this tsunami to wipe Democrats out of power, uh, you know, that will be enough to to, that wave will be big enough to overcome the Democrats fraud every election. And we can win this thing and have a, a critical check on President Biden. I agree with you. These states. Have done a horrific job with tightening up their voter laws to make sure that we that we that we make voter fraud as rare as possible. People should have to show up on election day with an ID if they want to vote, and if they can't show up on election day, they need to you know they need to have an excuse. It can't be no excuse. Mail life ballots out to the whole voter list, and they get two months to vote. That that is just an invitation for voter fraud.
0: And that invitation hasn't been withdrawn, though, by the Republican Party. We have very few states well, that have reformed their election laws. Uh, there are there are a handful, but my gosh, there, Mark Elias is, uh, you know, licking his chops. He has got to be uh, standing over the cauldron uh, into which he works his uh, legal potions. Uh, thinking, you know, he's got to be dreaming big this election because he knows this is for all the marbles.
1: Well, I agree with you, Lou, and I would say that Republicans, particularly Republican politicians, are weak and stupid, and we need to start thinking like Democrats do. All they care about is power. They're Marxist. they're godless, their religion. Their goal or God is power. Their religion or strategy is Marxism, and their tactics or their religious sects Is division, and so you know we need to start fighting fire with fire. We need to start fighting back. We need to start winning these elections, and that makes. And part of that is making sure that we change the laws to make it impossible for for Democrats to steal these elections.
0: Mike Davis, we thank you very much for being with us. You've been terrific. We always give our guests the last word. Uh, Your concluding thoughts, if you will, Mike.
1: Well, I would just say I, I think it's so important that Republicans and conservatives get out there and vote this November, because if they don't, we're going to lose our country to the Marxist left.
0: Succinct, and I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you so much. Mike, I hope you'll come back soon, and I hope you'll also pick up the phone and call Ronda McDaniels and tell her you're available to uh, to run her legal operation nationwide. <laughs> Uh, over the course of the next two months uh mike thanks so much for being with us and god bless you thank you thank you lou mike davis great to have you on the great america show keep up the great work and come back soon thank you all for being with us today our guest tomorrow will be mike lindell trying for all he's worth to straighten out our mess of an election system mike lindell patriot great american here tomorrow please be with us till then
1: God bless you, and may God bless America.